wealth, neuroscience, and the godmother of women and money. Today, in just a moment, no te lo pierdas. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, hola, this is Jen Hempel. ¿Cómo estás? I am so happy to have you here. Today we have a very special guest. She is whom I consider the godmother of women and money. And her name is Barbara Hewson, previously known as Barbara Stanny. She is the leading authority on women, wealth, and power. As a best-selling author, financial therapist, teacher, and wealth coach, Barbara has helped millions take charge of their finances and their lives. Barbara's background in business, her years as a journalist, her master's degree in counseling psychology, her extensive research, and I'm talking about extensive and her personal experience with money give her a unique perspective and makes her the foremost expert on empowering women to live up to their financial and personal potential. In today's episode, you're going to hear how Barbara's money story began at only three years old, her three simple steps to train your mind to rewire your brain, and what all that means, why that is important, as well as her four-pronged approach to wealth. This is a good one. This is probably one you want to re-listen to again and take some notes when you can. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Welcome, Barbara. What a pleasure and honor to have you here I can't believe I'm here talking to you, first of all, because I share with you before we started recording, when I started in the direction of focusing on women and money, you were right there, front and center. And for me, it's like I am talking to the godmother of women and money. So thank you so much for being here. And I am so excited about this conversation today. Well, I'm excited too. So thank you for having me. Let's start off. Let's go back in time when maybe you're a little girl or sometime in your childhood or maybe in teenage years where you saw something, you heard something, you witnessed something that really had an impact on how you perceive money. I know exactly what it is. I was about three years. This is my earliest memory of money. And it's a really interesting exercise for your listeners to do is to close your eyes and think about what your earliest memory of money is because that is full of information about your relationship today with money. My earliest memory, I was about three years old. I was standing on a step stool in the bathroom and I was brushing my teeth and my mother was standing next to me. And I turned to her and I said, how much money do you have? It's a random question. I mean, it was a toddler. And she looked at me and she gave me a look that only my mother can give. She didn't say a word, but I got the message. 
it's bad to talk about money. Never talk about money. And when I was married to a compulsive gambler who was gambling away my inheritance, I never said a word to anyone. I was in psychoanalysis three times a week and I never talked about money. And that was part of my problem. So yes, so that was my earliest memory of money. So back to 30 years old. And then you also mentioned that you were married to a compulsive gambler. Now, I want to hear more in terms of when was that interest? What sparked you to work in this field with women and money? And you really dive into mindset, the emotional component and things. So what was that for you? What sparked that? So I grew up wealthy. My father, the only advice he ever gave me about money was don't worry. And I thought that was great advice. And I didn't worry. And I just spent it. And I married a man who was a stockbroker. So he was perfect. But I found very, very, very early in our marriage that he was a compulsive gambler. And every year for 15 years, that's how long I stayed married to him, 15 years. And I continued to let him manage the money because I didn't understand money. And I found it very intimidated, intimidating. And every year, Many times a year, I'd find out he was gambling my inheritance away. Finally, I didn't say anything. Finally, after 15 years, we got a divorce. And I remember thinking, I don't want to deal with money. I don't want to deal with money. Money's not my thing. Well, if you don't deal with your money, your money's going to deal with you. That's my theory. And I got tax bills the next year for over a million dollars, almost two million, for back taxes my ex didn't pay for illegal deals he got us in. My signature was on everything. I did not have anywhere close to a million dollars. My ex had left the country. My father wouldn't lend me the money. And that's when I knew I had to get smart. And I went to classes and I read books and my eyes would glaze over and my brain would fog up. And I just felt I was terminally stupid, but I was committed. I had three daughters. One was just a baby. I was not going to raise those girls on the street. I wasn't even talking to my parents then. And I was a journalist writing for the San Francisco Business Times, and I was hired for a freelance project to interview women who were smart with money. And those interviews changed my life. I not only got smart, but I started doing financial education for women. And what you ask, why women? And I remember one time, before I wrote my first book, when all this was going down, I had a friend say to me, you know, if I were you, I would write a book to help women not get ripped off by money. And that became my true north. And I wrote Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money. And I've focused on women ever since. I feel like that's what I'm here to do. Love it. And based on your experience, and it's just so interesting that we always tend to do what we need, right? Even though from our experience, like where we tend to, I know with this podcast and with what I do, and really making sure that listeners and my clients are really aware of their money stories, which is why we always ask about our money stories and how much that of an impact that is. And it's because I also didn't realize that and that limited me in so many ways and kept me financially stuck in so many ways. So I really love the work that you are doing because like I said, you've really have laid so much of a foundation for a lot of women. You're a leader in this space and it's much appreciated. And you've written multiple books, <laughs> not just one, not just two. <laughs> I just had my eighth one come out. Yes. Yes. And I wanted to talk to you about that because you've written multiple books 
The latest one that's coming out this month is called Rewire for Wealth. So why this book and what can we expect from this book that are different from your other books? All my books are different. So this is different because what happened after Prince Charming Isn't Coming, which is really about managing money, I wrote a book about where I interviewed women who made lots of money because I didn't make lots of money. I always write about what I want to know. So I interviewed women who made six figures or more. And I started making six figures before I even finished writing the book, Secrets of Six Figure Women. And then I wrote Overcoming, Under Earning. And then I wrote Sacred Success, which is really about how money and power are so related for women. That I realized very early that women's difficulties with money has very little to do with money per se, and everything to do with their fear or ambivalence about power. That came out in 2014. I remember right when it came out, and I did this big workshop, this big retreat in Chicago, and it was sold out, and it was wonderful, and I was all excited about it, and I came home feeling really good, and something very weird happened. I started to lose interest in my work. Now, at that time, I'd been doing it for 20 years, empowering women financially, doing financial therapy and coaching and leading retreats. And I loved it. I loved what I do. And I lost interest. And I remember telling my business coach, I just want to take a sledgehammer and smash my business to smithereens. I was done and I couldn't figure it out. I felt like something was missing. I felt like something was missing. That's the only thing I could grab onto. And I just kind of waited and prayed and said, what's missing? Or am I done working? I didn't know. And one day I was sitting at the computer and an article about neuroscience came into my inbox and I read it. And I didn't know anything about neuroscience, but I'm telling you, Jen, I read this article and I swear it's like the lights in my brain must've gone off like a slot machine and said, you won, you won, you find the, found the missing piece. <laughs> and I started studying neuroscience And I started weaving neuroscience into my work, which included psychology, spirituality, and personal finance. And I melded all those components together. And it took me years to come up with a program where I could integrate the neuroscience. And I found that integrating neuroscience really expedited the process of getting women past their fear, past their resistance, and through the learning curve. And that's how Rewire for Wealth came about. Love it. Now, for those of us that maybe don't have an understanding of neuroscience, just kind of a quick, brief overview of, because it's a deep subject. (laughs) What is neuroscience? So neuroscience is the study of the brain. And the brain controls everything we do. Inhaling, exhaling, walking, talking, saving, spending. All our behavior is controlled by the brain. But when you understand how the mind and the brain work together, you can change your behavior. Just trying to change your habitual behavior is like going against gravity because it is so wired. It is wired so deeply that it has a gravitational force that it wants to suck you in. And so when I understand how the mind and the brain work together, so the brain is a tangible organ in your skull. And it works on electrical chemical impulses. The mind is not an organ. It's an intangible entity that is the source of thoughts and feelings. And the mind 
is what controls the brain and the brain is what controls our behavior. So what flows through the mind sculpts or shapes the brain. So it is by training our mind, we can rewire our brain for wealth and well-being and whatever else is we want. Wow. So your book focuses on the how-to of that. I came up with three simple steps. Simple, but not easy. Three simple (laughs) steps to train your mind to rewire your brain. And would you like to share? I would love to. I just didn't know where you wanted to go. Okay. Yes, please, please, please. Before we continue, I have a quick message for you. Her Dinero Matters is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving. As your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community, First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage, from setting up a personal checking account to refinancing household debt to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time for the support you need because First Republic believes what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member of FDIC, equal housing lender. Okay, so the three simple steps, I'm going to give them to you and then I'm going to apply them. The first is recognize. The second is reframe. And the third is respond differently. So let's say you're having a thought of, I'm not enough, or I don't have enough. Oh, oh, I'll give you an example with me. It just happened about two or three weeks ago. So my team and I, we decided on a project I would do. And it was a project I'd never done before, and it scared me. And I didn't think I could do it. And I started going down this rabbit hole of fear. And so I knew I needed to rewire that because it was a great idea for a project. And the first thing I did was recognize. I recognized the thought and I isolated the thought. And I said, oh, I'm having a thought that I don't have what it takes. The thought was, I don't have what it takes to do this project. And when you recognize the thought, you can't change anything until you are aware of it. When Mm -hmm. I recognize that thought, I could separate myself from it, not oh, I don't have what it takes, but I'm having a thought about I don't have what it takes. And you observe this as an objective bystander, not with criticism or judgment, but with curiosity. Oh, isn't that interesting? I'm having a thought about I don't have what it takes. And that somehow neutralizes the thought. And you realize that has just been wired in my brain. It's not true. It's not true. No thoughts are true. Every thought has been wired in our brain or conditioned somehow. And then the second step is I need to reframe it. How can I see this differently? And I kind of played around with some ideas like, oh, I have what it takes, but that didn't resonate with me. And I thought, oh, wait, I can handle this. 
I can handle it. I can handle whatever comes my way. And that's what I started seeing. Every time I'd have that thought, oh, I recognize that I'm having a thought, but I can't handle this. I reframed it. I can handle this. And then I responded differently. I started doing what I didn't want to do or what I didn't think I could do. And you don't have to believe it. It doesn't matter. Because originally, you can wire anything in your brain. I can handle this. And then from that place of I can handle this, I replaced the old thought with a new one. I responded differently. Now, I did not want to do what was involved. I did not want to write the scripts for this project. I did not want to write the emails. I was confused. And I just did it. I just did it as best I could. And I kept recognizing, reframing, and responding differently. And eventually, in just a few days, it started getting easier and easier. And before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. The project went great. I had a great time. I'm so glad I did it. Love it. So recognize, reframe, and then respond. Respond differently than you normally Love it. So again, those are simple tips, but like you said, they're simple, but yet you have to implement them and it takes work implement. So where do you think the challenges lies when someone listens to this or when they read their book and they're like, okay, that sounds simple enough. They go to implement and they find themselves challenged. How do you overcome that? You will be challenged. You will. I mean, First of all, the book goes into a lot more detail with a lot more. Right. But for the purposes of this, our brain is very lazy. It does not like change. It always will always take the path with least resistance. So every time you go to change a wired, deeply wired neural pathway, your brain's going to say, no, don't do that. And it's going to suck you in and just be aware. And also, Every thought releases chemicals, neurotransmitters. And when you go to think a different thought, when you go to respond differently, you actually go through withdrawal from those chemicals. Mm. And if you're tired or you're stressed, it's really hard. And my book is full of ways to really keep at it. But repetition is the key. And just know in the beginning, it's hard. You're going to resist you're not going to want to do it, but you keep recognizing, you keep reframing, you keep responding differently. After a week or two, or maybe even a few days, you'll notice it gets easier and easier and easier. The key is what psychologists call selective attention, which means what you choose to put your attention on is what gets wired in the brain. You can put your attention on, this is so hard. This is so freaking hard. I just can't do it. That's what's going to get wired. If you can turn your attention to, I can do this. I can handle this. This is going to be easy. That's what gets wired in the brain. So it's very important to select your focus. Focus is the key. Yes. And I also love how you, and something that I don't hear a lot talked about, but this is your area, is how you're separating And it makes so much sense when you say how you're separating the mind from the brain, because they are, in essence, two different things. But I tend to think that a lot of people are not 
when they refer to, let's say, mindsets and things of that sort, they don't necessarily separate that. That's the mind thing. And I like that you're separating it because I think that's just important. I can't wait to read your full book. Now, so you gave us an example in terms of that's something that you just experienced recently. So when it comes to financial success, how, because we, a lot of us are challenged, and especially women, we tend to be challenged of we have guilt, we have all these things come into mind when we think financial success, or we're just not confident about it, right? So how would you, in taking those steps that you mentioned, what is an example of what this would look like to rewire your brain for financial success? I'm going to take it back a step farther. Okay, perfect. Financial success, I believe, is a four-pronged process. Outer work of wealth, inner work of wealth, the higher work of wealth, and the deeper work of wealth. So the place to start, where everybody starts, where our financial education starts, is with the outer work. How to tell the difference between a stock and a bond, how to retire, plan for retirement, how to negotiate a raise, all those things. And those are important. But when you get stuck, when you get stuck or you can't go forward, that's when the inner work comes in. And the inner work is really exploring your beliefs and attitudes and decisions you made about yourself and money. And there's a third component. And the third component is what I call the higher work of wealth. Because once we women are financially stable, we have a roof over our head, we have food on the table, we may want to make more money. We definitely want more money. We want more money. But that's not what motivates us. What motivates us is how we can use our money to help others, to make a difference in the world. And what I found is understanding the higher work of wealth, really exploring why you're here, what you're here to do. You know, I believe all of us have a purpose, but you cannot pursue your purpose and playful out if you're struggling to make ends meet. And what I found, especially with high earners, they were profit-driven, but more so they were purpose-driven because it's having a higher purpose that keeps us going through all the obstacles and the resistance that comes. And then is the deeper work of wealth, which is the mind-body connection. And that is really how you get, you can expedite, as I said, speed up the process of financial success. Like when I started after I got my divorce from a gambling husband and I really wanted to get smart and I was reading books and I was going to workshops and I was doing everything you're supposed to do and I couldn't get it. And I remember going to a therapist and I remember saying to him, Daniel, I really want to get smart about money. I really do. And he looked me in the eye, straight in the eye. And he said to me, no, you don't. And it was like, I couldn't argue. I got in touch with the parts of me that didn't want to get smart. The part that was afraid I got smart and I took over managing my money, I'd lose everything. It's better to have my husband lose it than me. That, that my parents, because I was raised that women do not make or manage money, that my parents would be very upset with me. And I believed, I really did. I didn't. I would have sworn I didn't. But I believed that if I became financially successful, a man would love me. And so it was only by exploring 
and getting over those. Now, had I known how to train my mind to rewire my brain, I could have done that a whole lot quicker, but I didn't. Yeah, sometimes our journey takes us in paths, but I truly believe it's for a reason, right? It's for a reason, whether it's sometimes that that path took us a longer or some twisted way <laughs> or backwards and then back forward. It, there's just a rhyme or reason for that. Now, the other thing that I think fascinates me about your work and with this book and with all, I mean, basically all your books essentially is that how much of an impact when people read the book, when women read the books and really take these concepts and apply it, how different, if more women did that, how different this gender wage gap would be. Can you imagine? Gender wage gap, that change, and that wouldn't change the gender wealth gap, hmm. which is far more serious. Yes, of course it would change the wage gap. But you know, I interviewed women for my book, Secrets of Six Figure Women, who made six and seven figures. And my biggest surprise is how few of them were wealthy. Mm. I had one woman say to me who made $700,000 a year, and this was in the year 2000. And she said, Barbara, I'm one step away from a refrigerator carton on the street. I said, how is that possible? She said, my biggest investment was shoes in Neiman Marcus. So I've written two books on overcoming the wage gap. But I'm telling you, wealth doesn't come from what you earn. Wealth comes from what you do with what you earn. Wealth comes from what you keep. And that's where my passion is, helping women not just make more money, but to grow their money. Because I believe when enough women <laughs> create wealth, and we can talk about what wealth is, because I don't think people understand it. I really believe we, we're going to change this planet. Mm, that is powerful. And thanks for bringing that up. Because when I'm trying to digest everything that you're saying, my mind is going in all sorts of okay. different directions of how much of an impact this is. Because a, a big part of what I've been doing is just bringing to light the importance of understanding our money story. Granted, I don't have the experience and the knowledge that you do, but, but if I think, because I always argue, I shouldn't say argue, but I always bring up the fact that the financial education system still has a long ways to grow because why? <laughs> they are just, in my opinion, they just have 10% of the whole puzzle because they're missing the emotional component. They're missing the work that you're doing. So if you were to talk to there's not a head of the financial education system. But if you were to able to speak to the powers that be, that's going to change the financial education system, if it's even a system, because it's just here and there, what would you say to them in terms of what they need to integrate? What would that look like? Because I think if it start early, so much can be different. Well, I have spoken to the financial, many financial firms about this, but yeah, starting early would be great. But here's the thing. The financial industry is very male dominant. Mm -hmm. And they completely, exactly what you said, Jen, exactly. They completely ignore the emotional component. And I remember after I wrote my first book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, I remember I was talking to a pollster, someone who was taking part of a big survey that was sponsored by a, one of the big financial funds. And they were doing a survey on women and money. 
And I remember one of the conversations, he had just come back from a focus group where they had a conversation with a whole group of women. And I said, well, what did you find? And he said, oh my God, these women were so emotional about money. And it was like, duh, it is emotional for us. I mean, we have been raised, we've been raised to be, by and large, to be financially dependent. And we have not been groomed, by and large, to be financially successful. And so I think it is very important to deal with how we've been conditioned and the fear and the resistance. I say in my work as a financial therapist and a wealth coach, my biggest fear is not teaching them the money stuff is the easy part. Helping them overcome their resistance and their fear. That's where my work is. It's exactly what you said. It's exactly what you said. Oh my goodness. There's so much more I want to ask, Barbara, but I know I want to respect your time. It's been such an honor to talk to you today and just really learn and get an inside scoop about your book. And would you tell us where is the best place to grab a copy of your book? Sure. You can go to any of the online booksellers, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's for sale now anywhere. It will hit the store shelves on January 12th. So yeah, it's available. And you can always go to my website, Barbara-Husson, Barbara-Husson.com, H-U-S-O-M. There's lots of information, lots of information that covers a whole range of things. Love it. Well, congrats again on, goodness, is this how many books? This is my eighth book. My first one was written in the 80s and it's out of print, but all the rest are in print. Oh my goodness. Congratulations again for this book, for yet another book. And it's been such an honor, Barbara. You've made my day. Thank you so much. ¿Qué pensaste? There was a lot of great information. And I know personally, I'm going to, as the host of the show, (laughs) I'm going to be re-listening to this episode with this conversation with Barbara, because there's so much to take in, so much to digest, so much to just really reflect upon and think about. Because sometimes what makes sense or what we understand today is going to sink in differently another day. So that's why I said earlier at the very beginning that this is an episode that you're going to want to really re-listen to at another time because whatever transpires in the next several months for you, whatever your journey or wherever your journey takes you or how it evolves is going to shift what you take away for the next time that you listen to the episode. Just saying, just some, my two cents there. Now that's what I thought about the show. And again, I am going to re-listen to it. You can connect with Barbara over at barbara Houston.com. It's not Barbara Stanny because she's no longer by that name. And I really encourage you, especially if you really love the content of today's conversation to purchase her book, support another woman (laughs) and go to Amazon, go find the book. It's called Rewire for Wealth by Barbara Houston. It was released this week. If you're listening to the episode when this goes live, it was released January 12th. So go and grab yourself a copy, gift a copy to a friend or grab yourself a copy, read it and then pass it on to a friend. 
seriously, this is really good stuff. This is someone that has been in this field for a long time and has done a lot of research, has written multiple books. Check those out as well. But really what I want you to focus on is, especially if you really love today's content, is to go buy her book, Rewire for Wealth. I hope this conversation with Barbara has really armed you with more tools to work on your mindset and that you try to use the three steps that she shared with us to rewire your brain. I know I will be definitely trying them for myself for when my brain decides that it wants to take the easy way out. We all go through this sometimes. It's okay and it's all natural. These tools, this book, along with the daily dinero ritual that you have access to and it's free. I think together makes a winning combination. But of course, that's just me. You can check it out at jenhemphill.com forward slash dinero. Next week, we have another powerhouse mujer and I will be chatting with the one and only Nelly Galan who will be sharing so many parts of her life that we all can relate to as children of immigrants. And she brings forth so much positive energy. Que sé que te va a encantar. Don't miss it. Eso es todo. Te aprecio mucho, pero mucho por estar aquí. You can check out today's show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 248. Remember that being the reina of your money starts at this very moment just simply by claiming it. I believe in you, mujer, and so should you. If you love this podcast, this episode, I would absolutely love it if you share it with someone you care about or even take a screenshot or selfie and tag us on your Instagram stories with at Herdinero Matters with the one thing that you loved about this specific episode. Bueno, pues, now that is everything. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao.